Welcome to the Medicinity podcast. I'm Imogen, a 16-year-old A-level student, here to bring you the best people with knowledge and insight on how to get into med school, how to become a doctor, and to help you decide whether a career in medicine is for you. If you haven't already, subscribe and download to hear more episodes. I'm here today with Navjot Mahan, who is currently studying medicine at Manchester Uni, is interested in exercise medicine, and is also a member of the team for Med School Extra. So keep listening to hear more about that later. Welcome to the podcast, Navjot. It's great to have you on here. Hello, Imogen. Good afternoon. Um, yeah, so thanks for having me on the podcast today. Um, as you guys know, I'm call me Nav. I'm a final year medical student at Manchester University. Brilliant. So let's get started. How did you decide that medicine was the right career for you? I've always thought of medicine as a career since I was a kid, having me exposed to the sciences and that kind of thing from a younger age. Um, although no one in my immediate family was a uh, doctor, I had an interest in this from a young age. And uh, I always thought medicine aligned with my values of wanting to help people and um, use the skills that I developed from school and the knowledge, combining that with my work ethic to be able to essentially make a difference to someone's life. And um, after my work experience, um, which I did in cardiology and vascular surgery, I had two separate weeks there. Um, having that experience, I decided that, yeah, this is kind of what I want to do. Things might be different as I go through university and start my career out, but you know, having that satisfaction and having that effect on people uh, was what I deemed to be um, a good career for myself. And uh, what set medicine aside from other things, other careers that I looked at, such as like finance and law, um, my personality stuck out for medicine a bit more in the sense that I'm a really hardworking person. I love talking to people um, and I really have a urge to help people as well, um, essentially in a medical way as well, using the sciences that I've learned. Um, so this made me think medicine was the right career for me. And um, after five years in my third year of medical school, I can agree I was right. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I love that answer because I usually hear a lot of people mention the science and the helping people side, but I haven't heard people actually mention the work ethic side, but it is so true because there's so much to learn. And if you don't, if you're not motivated, you're not going to be able to do it. So that is a really important factor. And thank you for that. Um, and you ended up at Manchester Medical School. So what appealed to you about Manchester compared to other unis in the UK? What I feel about Manchester the most was, um, for example, the core structure and the city were two main things that put me in that um, in that direction. So I applied to um, Newcastle, Kiel, Glasgow and Manchester as um, I wasn't really able to apply to many um, universities because of my GCSEs that weren't being as good. Um, so out of these four, my choice was a bit limited and uh, Manchester really stood out because of the PBL core structure and the fact that the city was probably, in my eyes, um, you know, one of the better cities out of those four. Uh, I've always heard a lot about Manchester and um, such a big happening city. And also with the course, I'd also heard good things about it being problem-based learning, which we can talk into a little bit later. Okay, thank you for that. So with the course structure, you mentioned PBL and problem-based learning. So what, what specifically... Well, firstly, explain what that is and why that specifically stood out to you. So um, I'd start by saying that, um, like, when you come to choosing your medical school, it's really important to look into and, like, pay detail to the um, core structure there is because different people learn in different ways. 
So um, with PBL, how it essentially works is um, in the first two years of preclinical studies, what you will do is you have a small group between eight and 12, um, eight and 12 students with one academic tutor and uh, you talk through a scenario at the start of the week. So um, for example, you have like a man with chest pain or like an elderly lady with abdominal pain. And then you will try and explore this complaint tick through each part of the scenario you've been given, break it down, and then um, make like a learning agenda. So you would form a list of questions and then you go away and research this as well as having supplementary lectures on different topics. And at the end of the week, you reconvene, talk through your case, and you've essentially broken down that one complaint into like the um, epidemiology of that condition, the pathophysiology, the treatment, management um, structure, aside from the treatment, then other like biopsychosocial risk factors. Um, so in general, instead of having everything being like a lecture-based thing, you still do have supplementary lectures. Um, it's more of like, an, it gives you a bit of independence and that does come with its pros and cons. But in a nutshell, that is problem-based learning. Wow, it sounds very involved. I mean, all this stuff you've got to think about and get together and then at the week you do you present it to your tutor so you would have like for, I don't know if it's still the same now but we had to um you'd allocate someone being a scribe and someone being like the leader of the case basically I don't I don't know what the exact word is but you'd have someone kind of like chairing the discussion that's the word so someone chairs the discussion someone scribes you writes everything on the board and then kind of everyone else just gets either allocated questions or you go and do everyone does the same question type of thing and then, yeah, it gives you a good way to sort of like present a case because that's really important as you go to medical school. Wow, yeah, as I said, it sounds like there's loads going on and I think that's a really good way to learn because you're not just doing lectures, but then you're not just doing all of the clinical stuff. You're kind of solving a problem, which is what you're going to be doing eventually, but you're also learning at the same time. I think that sounds like a really nice balance. What would you say was your favourite problem obviously it's one a week but what which one really stood out to you the most I would say that um like touching on to like chest pain in a sort of younger person I'd never heard of something like a pneumothorax before uh, which is like you know air in the plural space and I never heard of that before and I was thinking oh wow everyone can get anyone can get affected by this type of thing so that was probably one of my more favorite cases um going into like respiratory medicine and things like that um at that time I didn't really have much knowledge about it just starting in my first second year but um that was quite interesting and there was honestly loads of cases um that I can't really remember now but then we do touch on those learning about the medical specialties um but yeah that was pre-clinical and um what Manchester does really well, aside from just the PBL, is you get integrated into a, um, envi a clinical environment um, from day one, really. Well, not on the first day, but um, you would have placements in a GP and a hospital every semester to start you off. Um, and then, you know, you can go away, see patients, talk to other doctors, see how actual day-to-day -day life in hospital really is. You also get communication skills in Manchester, which is like a really big focus. Like they train the medical students to be very efficient in communication, taking a history, um, actually like listening to the patient as well, which I feel is a, like one of the most important qualities in a doctor. So that's what Manchester does really well. And then the rest of the three years, uh, to finish off the five years, you'd be having a clinical placement. So yeah, that's the Manchester course in a nutshell. Any other questions about that? Wow, I was just going to say about having clinical placements at the start. It is so interesting how every uni is so different. And I think that is quite... Yeah, definitely. 
if you're envisioning what you're going to be doing in the future, you kind of have a little feel for what your job is going to be in the future. And communication skills, I mean, if you don't have them, then a patient might not tell you something and then the whole point of you being there is lost because you don't know enough about the patient to diagnose them right or give them the right treatment, things like that. I think that is so vital. It's really good. Manchester specifically teaches you that. So with all of that, all of this core structure and the reason why you went there, now that you've been there, this is your fifth year now. How have you found your time at Manchester? I've really enjoyed my time in Manchester in general. Um, so I've had, this is my fifth year in Manchester now, and I always had one year down in London as well. Um, in general, I found it really good. I would say the first two years were um, quite fun. I did a lot of things like an extracurricular stuff. And um, I got through my exams in the end. We had OSCEs and um, I quite enjoyed doing those as well. My third year was cut short by the coronavirus pandemic, but I did finish my clinical placement. My fourth year is probably my favorite year um, because of specialties that we managed to look into. And um, in my final year, I'm enjoying being back into placement right now. I'm having a good routine. And um, quite frankly, I'm glad I came here instead of anywhere else. So yeah, I'm pretty grateful to be here. Oh, that's so good. I've talked about this so much on the podcast about you really have to enjoy where you are because you're yeah. there for a long time. So that's so good that you're enjoying it. And you mentioned about specialties and you've also mentioned a lot about respiratory. Do you think you'll go into that in the future? So um, for me, why, <laughs> um, I've, there's not a specialty I dislike. I kind of like everything in equal measure. And that's kind of what put me onto the interest of general practice at the beginning. And um, I quite like general, like knowing a bit about everything. Um, I recently came off GP and I loved it. And um for me, the thing was like, I like knowing a bit about everything, as I was saying, um, but sometimes I feel like I like having a faster change of pace in the environment. So a and is also really good, really cool. I'm on that kind of rotation at the moment on my acute block. So yeah, I kind of like a bit of everything, but my main interest, um, I would say, would be uh, sports and exercise medicine. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Because you've done, uh, you've done a degree in it, haven't you? Yes, I did an integrated BSc at uh, Queen Mary University in London. So um, that was kind of something I had an interest in. And I had a really cool year. Wow, that's so cool. And it's good that you like a lot of things. You said there's not really one you hate, because that also means, say, for some reason, it doesn't work out. You think, mm, no, actually, GP's not for me or exercise medicine's not for me. Then you can, you're still got quite an open mind. But it's good you also know what you like, because then you're not floating around with no kind of end goal so I think that's really good and going back yeah. to intercalation what does an intercalation exercise medicine involve so um with sports and exercise medicine it's quite a new specialty uh, relative to other ones um and a BSc in exercise medicine essentially involves you um doing like a research element into sports and like, sports and exercise medicine so you start by learning how to do um, effective research and you cover some specific things as well that are involved so um, in a nutshell exercise medicine is like applying you know your medical knowledge uh, towards like two groups of people essentially so you've got your elite athletes at the you know top like millionth percent basically who perform on like superhuman levels you've got that side of thing and then you've got the population that aren't as um, athletic and quite frankly would need Ex would not need exercise but exercise would help with their prognosis in their you know general health so there's two kind of things with um with SEM 
what the installation really involved was um, learning different topics, for example, um, rehabilitation. Um, and I would say the most interesting one that we did was about ACL, which is the anterior cruciate ligament rehab. So we did a little thing on that, making, um, you know, infographs and things like that to communicate that to other people so that was really cool um it was a really cool vsc and i would definitely recommend it to anyone who's interested in sem yeah that's really interesting you said about the two different groups as well i hadn't thought of that but obviously it is true you've got these absolute top of the whole population athletes and then you've got kind of the rest of the people who maybe should do a little bit more or include that into their weekly routine sort of thing as you said and that's that's really interesting and do you feel that it's benefited the rest of your medicine degree once you've come back into medicine um i would say that um i've not seen an immediate benefit as of yet but i do know when it comes to um like addressing musculoskeletal complaints um i've got a, a bit better examination of that kind of thing so like you know upper limb and lower limb musculoskeletal exams so that's been like fine-tuned um i wouldn't say my intercalations had like a much of an effect on my uh, current studies as a final year but i do hope that it will come into some use further down my line you know in my medical career however that's not something i'm thinking about just as yet my sites are currently on final year and starting f1 at the moment so that's where i'm currently at but it was a good break from medicine and i know it will benefit me in the future for sure yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's fair enough. You, you've just got to take the next step. You can't think too far ahead, otherwise you get a bit bogged down. But yeah, hopefully it will help you in the future. And especially if that's potentially a specialty or an area you want to go into, then it's definitely going to help. So that's really good. And um, you mentioned about A&E and how you've you done GP rotations, A&E rotations. So with A&E, obviously it's emergency medicine. So a lot can happen. What would you say is the most gory story you've seen on placement? Ooh, so, um, see, I'm, I'm quite immune to <laughs> gore and that kind of thing. I'm not mm. too fussed about that. I would say, though, um, when I first started clinical placement, I started on general surgery. So this was things like colorectal and upper GI. So when I, um, I was in theatre and I saw, like, a bowel resection and I was genuinely like, what the hell was going on here? Like, it was just so weird seeing them, you know, make an incision in the stomach, in the tummy and then just, just guts everywhere. I was really freaked out, but then I told myself, you've seen this in anatomy before and you kind of, like, you know, this is what happens on a day-to-day -day basis. Just kind of get used to it. Apart from that, I've not really heard any other gory stories, but in terms of a lot of blood, that was one. I would say seeing cesarean section as well, there's a lot of blood involved there um yeah that's what I would say to that question yeah gosh that does sound like it but bowel resection is that basically just cutting the tummy open and just taking everything out kind of so it depends what kind there's different types and um I do need to revise this for my finals as well but um yeah you essentially like cut out the faulty bit of the bowel and you sit it together and then you would put like a um, ileostomy or colostomy and depending on what um on what is taken out essentially so it does depend but yeah that's yeah it was pretty it was a lot of blood and I was a bit freaked out but you know that was I think the first surgery I'd seen in medical school so, so yeah you get used to it after a while yeah well it's understandable isn't it if you haven't seen anything like that before and you do know in your head okay I really do have to get used to this but even in even then in that moment you're just thinking oh my gosh what on earth 
And a, another exciting thing that you do is you are part of the marketing team for Med School Extra. So what is Med School Extra? So um, I'd like to start by saying Med School Extra is like an amazing platform. And uh, essentially it fills a role of having a bit of advice and a bit of like, you know, a direction on careers, essentially that you don't get taught at medical school. So, um, you know, in medical school, they do teach you quite a lot and, you know, credit to that. However, certain things about interviews, jobs, careers, you don't essentially get taught that kind of thing. And a medical extra is like a, a, a new medical education platform, I would say, that does talks and um, webinars on these topics. For example, if you wanted to apply to another country to, to um, practice medicine or um, even managing your finances as a medic as well, that kind of thing. So there's loads of different talks and um, there's things you don't necessarily get taught at medical school. This is what Med School Extra essentially does. And I think it's great. And that's why I got involved. That's brilliant. Um, I obviously did a little bit of research before coming on the podcast, but about the studying in another country, potentially or working in another country and finance. I mean, finance straight off is very important. So you really do need that. And especially if med school doesn't necessarily teach you, then obviously med school extra and things like that are so, so vital. So how are you selected for the role within med school extra? So um, having like joined the LinkedIn platform in the last year or so, I was looking at things I could do to supplement my um, firstly my CV and also just my development as an overall kind of student. I saw med school extra and I was really interested in what they were doing because there's there's so many things I wanted to know, for example, working abroad and finances and all these other little things like SJT, all of these things that med school doesn't actually teach you. So I looked into Medical Extra and then I, after looking down their page, I saw there was vacancies for a team. And um, I really wanted to diversify the skill set that I currently have and I'm expanding on. So I saw a team in the market, I saw a space in the marketing team was available. Um, I applied, had a chat with the, um, with the marketing lead and a few other people. And um, after that, I was um, on board. That's how I got involved with Medical Extra. Great. I mean, LinkedIn is such a great place, isn't it? You can get so many opportunities. It's wonderful. So how can people get involved if they want to get the help from Medsco Extra? Um, so Medsco Extra, if you visit our website, um, which is which probably be uh, you know, linked somewhere, um, you'll be able to um, subscribe to the platform. I think you can subscribe initially for free and there's other packages you can purchase as well on a yearly basis. Um, you can subscribe to these and... Um, you're then um, having so many talks and webinars available to you that you can access and replay as many times as you want. And there's literally a whole like plethora of knowledge you can access through that. And that will really help you in whichever domain of career you wish to go towards. Great. And if you're listening, I'll put the link to the website in my link tree so you can find it there as well. It sounds amazing. I, I think when I get into med school, I'll be looking at that or I'll be looking at it now. So it sounds really, really good. Oh, thanks. And with all of these things that we've mentioned about looking forward to um, F F1 years and kind of thinking about specialties and, as you said, diversifying your skill set, what are the top three tips that you would give someone for staying focused on your end goal as a med student? So I would say um, it's always great to have an end goal. And even if you don't have an end goal, you can always think of your next step, really, or the next kind of 
um, assessment as your target. So I would say um, inside of that, the first thing I would say would be to um, get all the work that you have to do done as soon as possible, such that you can enjoy yourself and not have a guilty conscience for the rest of it. So the reason I say that is because um, the way that I've got through medical school is really just working as hard as I can, applying myself when I need to, and then you know having that kind of like play time as well. I would say because that way you just you won't burn out that way, and you'll also be working at your maximum efficiency, which is really important to getting through med school. It's not just like a one year crash course; it's five years, so at least as well. So I would say, yeah, make sure you get everything done as soon as you can, or as soon as possible. And then you know enjoying yourself outside of it i would say um the next thing is when you're on clinical placement um probably try and speak to as many people as you can and try and see interesting cases um at manchester because you we were such a diverse population and um it's one of the second biggest city in england um in the uk you're gonna you pretty much whatever you learn about you're gonna have the chance to see on a three-year placement so definitely see as many patients as you can and learn because once you see one type of case, you won't really forget it. And um, I would say on the third thing, um, I would say this isn't the most thing related to medicine, but like concurrently, if you have like a hobby that you can de-stress from at medical school. Um, so that's kind of touching on my first point as well. But, you know, you don't want medicine to take over your life at all. You need another world that you can kind of jump into afterwards. For example, um, nine to five, you'll be focused on placement, you'll be studying all these kind of things that contribute towards your end goal. Afterwards, I mean, you know, you want something else you can do that you're productive in that can take your mind off it. As I said, burnout's a really big thing and it does affect people at certain points. The best thing you can do is be well prepared so that you pace yourself. Like, you know, it is a marathon, it's not a sprint. And um, by doing that, you, you'll finish that race, you'll get through what you want to get through. And by that time, you've built up such a good, you know, portfolio, such a good set of things that you've done over the course of years. And that should really, you know, take you to wherever you want to get to next. That's what I would say for um, med medical school. Wow, thank you so much. So number one, get all your work that you have to do done as soon as possible, and then you can enjoy yourself. Number two, speak to as many people as possible on placements and try and get a variety of cases. And then number three, have a hobby outside of medicine. I've heard so many people say that don't make your whole life about medicine, even though it is quite hard because obviously there's so much to do and you can get all surrounded by it. So yes, make sure you have a hobby outside of medicine so you can de-stress and not, well, as you say, it's a marathon, not a sprint, so you don't get overwhelmed and overtired. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, no, honestly, it's been great here talking about my experience at medical school and things outside of that. Um, but I do understand your audience is more towards people that who are applying to medical school. Is there anything else I can help with or anything else uh, you wanted to ask? What advice would you give to anyone at my stage for getting into med school? Honestly, look, look into your, uh, look into the uni, see what learning style benefits you the most, really. Um, yeah, that's all I'd say. Um, hopefully wishing you all best of luck getting into medical school and hopefully it's the right thing for you. Thank you so much. That's all today from the Medicinity podcast. Thank you for listening and make sure to follow, leave a review and recommend the podcast to any aspiring medics.